0: Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Har, and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts Podcast, where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of Dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts Trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune in to the Trade Addicts Podcast. Thank you, and enjoy your podcast. Coming to the DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain.
1: Guys, it sounds like Cincinnati is bringing back Hugh Jackson. Is it too late
2: in the season for him to ruin Andy Dalton? It's
0: never too late for you.
2: <laughs> I'm going to pick him up in my uh, my coaching league for sure. Nice, yeah. waiver wire fodder for sure.
0: <laughs> That's Travis the Beard. Hey, guys,
2: when you look really closely... All mirrors look like eyeballs.
0: Oh, damn, that's like less of a dad, joke come and more on, more of a on. mind, of that. <laughs> <laughs> especially this early in the morning, man. <laughs> Whoa, I don't know if I can, if I can continue here. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I am John Excelsior Hogue, and this is a Superflex Super Show. Before we get to Week 11's SOPs, I need to do a little, something a little different today, guys. Ooh. I need to, I need to pay a quick tribute to a man who blazed a trail for all of us, Stan Lee, co-creator of Marvel Comics, who passed away this week at 95 years old. Growing up, I was a very casual comic book reader, but the importance of what he created goes far beyond the pages of his comics. I'll let Lee say it himself. He said, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges or going on to medical careers. And then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. So thank you, Stan, not just for entertaining us, but for reminding us that it is important for us to be entertained. We all spend hours thinking about, talking about, and playing a game. A game! And the game drives us to the edge of oblivion sometimes, to the brink of the deep end. But Stan was right. We'd fly right past the edge if it wasn't for the game. If it wasn't for the entertainment. So thank you, Stan Lee, for entertaining us and for allowing us to be entertained. Rest easy. Let's get to week 11, super flex standard operating procedures. And we're going to start with what I learned in week 10. Travis, what did you learn in week 10? All
2: right. This week I learned that Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Eric Ebron, and Vance McDonald are the best players to ever play the game of football I at their positions it. in the history oh of the gosh. NFL.
0: <laughs> Who want this guy back on? <laughs> I know. I know. He spent oh. – he, he, it took the you week know, off just to and and that's that's what you come up with. I took the As,
2: week off and then all of my players took the week on.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, and and John, you know, you know what the worst part is, he kind of wins me over a little bit with his Nick Chubb. You know, because I I I'm a huge, I was even before the Browns took Nick Chubb. I liked him during the draft process, so you know I'm I'm a big fan of his. And I know you've Chubb. been on. I, mm, and I know, John, you've been a huge Aaron Jones supporter. So, you know, his shout out to Aaron Jones obviously has you all all buttered up. But then he's gonna throw in Eric Ebron right yeah. in our face. Right <laughs> in our face, who has three touchdowns last week, one of them rushing. So
0: I, I just
2: really <laughs> Yeah, man. He's he's got he's so, so good. You know what he uh, is? You know what he is, John? He's an electric playmaker.
0: Oh, you got to be kidding me.
2: <laughs> isn't, that your, isn't that what you like to say? Um, About yeah, man, he's a so, guy who actually so good.
0: is in Chris Carson.
2: He's so good that they were like, you know what? We're going to let him run it in, too.
0: Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah that, was, that was pretty disgusting. <laughs> I mean, I guess you get a victory lap this week, but, man. And at this point, Eric Ebron is on pace to break rob gronkowski's all-time record for uh tight end touchdowns in a season with 18 so yeah it's uh he he's not helping our case here james he's not
1: no no, he isn't and i don't like it i don't like the fact that he isn't and travis gets to gets to you know do his uh his victory lap with eric ebron i don't like that and you know vance mcdonald really you got to put him on the list The Steelers scored 52. He like held his own.
2: All right, he held his own. He he (laughs) barely barely makes a list, but he's just such a fun player. I love that guy so much. Of course you do, because early in the season it
1: was all Jesse James, and you were you were you know pounding your chest for Vance McDonald, and now and now Vance McDonald is clearly I was correct. Just like
2: I was on Eric Ebron. Oh man.
1: All right, I, I got to go back through the footage and hey, through, don't. The, yeah, through the archive and find out all the the misses that Travis has had now
0: for the next <laughs> episode. Of those. Yeah, Yeah, it'll take those. a while, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have a few of those. Um, he uh, he's just way more willing to to call out the wins, um, which also magnify the losses. <laughs> which yeah, so, I never now, I
1: never do that, especially on Twitter. I never
0: call out. My wins, um, <laughs> yes, especially seriously. from the last show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corey Davis, who we're gonna get to in a little while. Uh, J- J- James O-B-J. spent the boom. entire weekend talking Reach about. Up, boom. Yeah, yeah, we
1: What's had saying? we
0: had a we had a pretty good week in our uh in our start sits, but um yeah, if you follow James the Brain on Twitter at underscore James the Brain. You didn't even have to listen to the podcast to know everything that we got right. (laughs) All right, this week I learned that the AFC South is heating up and is stocked with Fantasy League winners. The Titans just put up 34 in a win over the Patriots. That's back-to-back wins since the the Week 8 bye and since they got back from London in a late loss to the Chargers. The Colts score 29 in a close win over Jacksonville. That's three straight for them. And the Titans, who were on a bye in Week 10, have won six straight. This is going to be a battle in the AFC South between those. Uh, really, all four teams are in are in playoff contention and could conceivably take that division. And the fantasy points that are already being put up right now, and it's only going to they're only going to get more bountiful as we go on, as uh, as those teams battle for the AFC South title. It's going to be... There are going to be a lot of fantasy points to be had as uh, as that division tries to uh, clear itself up. And this week I also learned that Mike McCoy and Dirk Cutter have never been seen, seen in the same room together. Just as we finally get rid of Mike McCoy <laughs> and unlock a ton of fantasy points... On that Arizona Cardinals offense, now we get Dirk Cutter calling the plays in Tampa Bay, and everything that we thought we knew about Mike Evans, Peyton Barber, O.J. Howard, and of course Ryan Fitzpatrick, and maybe even Jameis Winston when he ultimately gets the job back. Everything we thought we knew there is just is just out the window. For some reason, Dirk Cutter thinks that they're better off with him calling plays, and it has been an absolute nightmare so far.
1: It's really interesting, though, John, because Ryan Fitzpatrick was... He, I don't know what to make of his performance. I mean, he played Washington. It's a really good defense. He did throw a couple interceptions. He had a fumble on a sack, so he turned the ball over, but he threw for over 400 yards still. I, I, it's really hard for me to make heads or tails from his performance, and... He goes from playing Washington, which is one of the better defenses in the NFL this year, to this week playing the Giants, who are going to be on six days trying to get trying to prepare for this team on six days. They just gave up 23 to San Francisco in their third-string quarterback. So, I, I, to me, it's a really interesting uh, case study with them. You know, hey man, I, don't you talk about Nick Mullins that way. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: yeah. Well, as long as he keeps going to my boy Kittle, we're going to be all right. So, um but yeah, no, it, it's definitely interesting. You're right, John. That the play calling, there's there's something left to be desired. But the numbers were still there for Fitzpatrick if he just limited the turnovers and could get the ball in the end zone. But I guess that's that's kind of part of the the play calling there. So yeah, um, I'm,
0: yeah. So I'm, so just to put a quick bow on on what I learned this week, essentially chase the AFC South, tons of fantasy points there. You can uh, go back to the Arizona Cardinals. There's some fantasy points to be had there now that they uh, got the play calling uh, fixed. Byron Leftwich seems like the answer there. And then go ahead and fade those Tampa Bay Bucks. That's there's that's going to be a little bit of a black hole, I think, for the rest of the season as far as fantasy points go. But yeah, what'd you learn this week, James? Well, real
1: quick, I was going to say, I'm wondering what your guys' take is on Chris Godwin, um, because he had a nice game. Is he someone that can maintain this pace? Because I know he's a younger guy. We've been kind of waiting for opportunity with him. Is this a guy that can actually put up these numbers, you know, close to 100 yards and, and, you know, um, maybe get in the end zone a few of these games here to close out the season? Or is that a guy you're staying away from too, John?
0: Yeah, I'm fading all of them. I think at this point because, I mean, you know, Mike Evans is still there. He's still healthy. Just because, you know, he he didn't get a lot of the work this week. I, it, it can be matchup dependent. Clearly, that part doesn't necessarily even matter. And the bottom line is, if there's if there's only you know one or two touchdowns to go around now, then there's you know it, you you've got to get volume. And you've got Mm -hmm. to know that that guy is going to get volume. And I don't know that it's going to be Chris Godwin every single week. I I mean, I I kind of have no reason to believe that it will, in fact. You know, with Mike Evans and O.J. Howard still there. And it's a reasonable running game if uh, they choose to use it. Yeah, Ronald Jones should be back soon, so I think that'll boost
1: the running game. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know why you guys are laughing, but uh, all right. <laughs> so here's what I learned this week. I, I, am gonna keep mine kind of in the fantasy realm because what I learned was that if, if, if I have a choice on how I'm building my fantasy squad, I would much rather build it. And, and this is a realization because I, I didn't think this was true until this week. i really come to this realization. If, if I could build my fantasy team um, any way I chose. I'd rather build my fantasy team with less star power if it means I can build it with more depth. And really, these the bye weeks really kind of solidify that. And then the injuries, man. I mean, uh, from Chris Carson to A.J. Green to now Cooper Cup to, I mean, there's so many guys who have been injured or, you know, the Le'Veon Bell holdout. You know, you look at some of these, some of these star talents that you may have built your team around, and if you built your team, or sold your depth to try to buy some of these guys to make your starting lineup look better, you could be really struggling come by weeks and come these injuries. These injuries could affect you a whole lot more when you're looking at waiver wire um, to try to try to build it up. And it, obviously it depends on the league. If this is less less true if you're in an 8-team eight, eight league or a 10-team league. Um, it's less true if you have very few bench spots and you know the waiver wire looks a little bit better. Um, that sort of thing, but in, in a lot of my leagues where the waiver wire is is bare bones, when you don't have the depth to um, be able to withstand a, a, a few injuries to your stars, or you know get through the bye weeks, you know, with the injuries, man, it it can be brutal. I mean, you're starting some options that you're looking at, kind of, kind of, you know, hoping that they can, you know, score seven, eight points. I mean, you know, that's kind of your what you're hoping. Um, it, it's rough, man. It really is. So for me, I, I think when I look back at the teams that I've built, I like the teams that I have a little less star power, but a lot more depth um, on. Uh, it gives me options and it lets me allows me to play matchups too. Um, and that's at every position. It's not just at running back because I have a feeling John's looking at his – trying to tell me about how those top <laughs> running backs aren't worth it, man. Yeah. Hold up on those later running backs, but yeah. it really is almost at every position because I mean, I look at the leagues that I have Ryan Fitzpatrick in and he's like my third quarterback or Eli Manning is my third quarterback. And, um, you know, I, I like when I have three or four different options at quarterback that I can start to in super flex leagues. I like when, you know, I have, you know, the, the receiver uh, depth that I have in some of these leagues, you know, those are the ones that I have Boyd in. Um, because those were the ones that you know, I just I I kind of just rostered some guys that I thought if the situation was right it benefit them, and now it seems like those are the rosters that are doing much much better than the ones that I was built uh, building around you know the the star guys that star power that starting lineup. So uh, interested to hear what you guys think about that. Uh, is am, am I alone on this or
0: no? I love this personally. I I like first of all I I just like to be able to manage my team. You know that's that's how i'm actually playing the game like rather than drafting a team and set it and forget it other than bye weeks i i like to actually make the decisions on a weekly basis it just makes the game more fun for me number one and number two is like you said it's it's all positions not just the running back position but my thing with running backs is that you need a lot of them to actually get through the season and to be able to field you know a, a two healthy running backs every single week that's kind of what it takes but i you know it's not about it's way less about you know uh it's way less about matchup with running backs than it is at the other positions particularly wide receiver i think is pretty important because you know the 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 old trope about start your studs i hate that saying by the way because I've been let down by studs way too many times. I've had A.J. Green and Calvin Johnson in the past, Andre Johnson. I've had all those guys let me down. I've had Mike Evans and Devontae Adams let me down in recent years. I've even had Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins let me down. And, and it happens sometimes in the playoffs. You know, That was my big issue with Russell Wilson last year was the fact that not only does he tend to let you down he He looks awesome until you get to week 15, week sixteen, and then he has his worst game of the season sometimes. I, I, and you can't really predict that, but what you can do is look at the matchups and say what's the most likely thing to happen, and if you're, if your wide receiver one is matched up on you know somebody like like uh, James Bradbury or Marshawn Lattimore or Jimmy Smith. You know, guys like that. Or if your quarterback's going up against, um, you know, the Chicago Bears with Khalil Mack or the Baltimore Ravens, uh, you you have the option of replacing those guys and, you know, going with a better matchup and giving yourself a, a better chance to avoid a letdown. So I, I love this, and I think it's a great and a very important point, especially as we get close to the fantasy playoffs here.
2: Yeah, I wonder how much of this is stemming from uh, just coming out of these couple weeks of bi week gauntlets.
1: Yeah, I think I think that that definitely has something to do with it. But I I noticed that the bi weeks and really the injuries, man. The injuries have really opened my eyes to a lot of it because when you when you try to build your team and you go, hey, I'm I'm buying for now. I'm gonna try to to make a run at this. I think I can compete, and you're giving up, you know, some depth assets or some some other assets that might be younger to try to get proven guys who can help you win now. That sort of thing. Um, when you don't have that depth and an injury happens after you make a deal like that, you you could really find yourself in trouble. I mean you're just you're kind of grasping at straws either you have to make another deal to try to fill that hole or you're trying to fill it on the waiver wire or with what you have on your bench which you know is limited after you you know you've dealt some of those pieces to get win now type guys um so that that's really part of it too is that i find that Now that I'm looking back uh, on my fantasy season thus far and I'm looking at the teams that I've built, the teams that I like the best are the ones that I seem to build around depth. I didn't go chasing stars or try to overpay for some of the superstars and drafts or anything like that. Um, Sometimes they were even, you know, in in the startup I moved back. There was one, I I drafted Zeke Elliott. Last year it was a startup. I drafted Zeke Elliott in the first round and I ended up trading him for – uh, a couple of Debbie picks. One of them was the 1.01, which landed me Saquon Barkley. Um, and, uh, and in that week, I have so much depth with guys like Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, Saquon Barkley, um, big Ben and, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Um, you know, and receivers like Adam Thielen and Cooper cup and guys, guys like that. Um, you know, I feel like the depth that I have at that, uh, on that team, um, if someone were to go down, I've got two or three other running backs I feel like I could slide in like Kenyon Drake or something like that. And I, I feel like that team was built around depth with mid mid round picks that were hits. Um, so I don't know. I guess that's just me. I I didn't go chasing superstars. I didn't go trading up in drafts to try to build a better, you know, starting lineup right away. And I feel like I'm better for it. So
2: You have the Travis approval.
1: all right that's what i was that's 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 what what we're all
0: seeking
2: i know it i know it
1: (laughs) you're you're red hot man with all those players that you're approving so i i need to make sure that my (laughs) rosters are getting the travis approval all
0: right well let's uh we took a little longer than than usual but some uh some good and important uh discussion there so but let's get to the the superflex standard operating procedures for week 11 ads and drops, buys and sells, and guys to stash now before they come become uh, waiver priorities uh, next week. And we'll start with some ads and drops. So we're looking for some, some players to add off of waivers, to prioritize off of waivers. Uh, three players from each of us, all different positions, 33% or less ownership on Yahoo. And we'll start with Travis.
2: All right, so the first guy I have here is Rashad Penny, 16% owned right now. And we shouldn't be expecting 108 yards and a touchdown on 12 carries moving forward like he had this last week. But Rashad Penny finally saw some decent work on the Seattle offense this weekend. He actually looked good for once this season, and he outproduced Mike Davis on the ground significantly. And right after the game, Pete Carroll, who granted lies all the time, So we'll take it with a grain of salt. But Pete Carroll was praising him after the game, talking about how they finally saw the player they drafted and how he deserves more work moving forward. So obviously this game was without Chris Carson, without your boy, Chris Carson, John, Uh, and Chris Carson is expected back this week on Thursday night football. So this isn't exactly a plug and play situation, especially considering the Seahawks are playing Green Bay and Rashad Penny wasn't targeted a single time in the passing game, but Rashad Penny needs to be owned, I think, and I think he's the priority waiver ad this week uh, amongst all of the players I'm seeing here. The next guy I have is a wide receiver, Kiki QT, and he's kind of been forgotten about a little bit, I think. Um, He hasn't played in a few weeks. They just had their bye week. He's 20% owned. Um, He had some extra time to rest, though, uh, that hamstring injury through the bye week this week. He should be back soon. Uh, It looks like Probably this week, and I think that he has some real fantasy viability with wide receiver two upside this offense. The Texans offense is on the rise right now. Deshaun Watson has already shown that he's willing to and wants to get the ball to Kiki QT and QT gets an uptick, in my opinion, with uh, an opportunity, at least with the downgrade. The Texans got at wide receiver going from Will Fuller to Demarius Thomas. And yeah, I said that he's a downgrade at this point in their career. Thomas is a downgrade from what they were getting from Will Fuller, and that only helps Kiki QT. So I think that he's going to be fantasy viable moving forward. The third guy I have is a quarterback. It's Matt Barkley. And I'll be interested to hear your rebuttal here, John, um, because I see that you don't like that very much. But he's 1% owned and the bills are going into their bye week. And Josh Allen is expected to be back after that. So... You may, this may not end up being anything, uh, but there is no guarantee that Josh Allen is back after the bye week and in super flex leagues, any competent starting quarterback needs to be owned. And I don't know how competent he is, but he came out and had the best quarterback week that any Buffalo bill has had so far this season. So if there's even a small chance that he starts a game again, uh, he is good depth to have in a super flex league.
0: No, I actually I don't have an ad, an issue with any of these ads. I mean, I don't love Rashad Penny because yeah, Chris Carson <laughs> still exists and is still you an hate you hate but...
2: the fact that Rashad Penny had a good game. I know you do.
0: <laughs> well, if if he if he had a good game taking work away from Chris Carson, then I right. would have a problem with it. But the fact that Chris Carson was out it it just it he it it makes him a good speculative ad because I mean he could be one of these guys at the end of the season, you know he could he could become what Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones just became this week. you know he could be he could be one of those late season breakouts, one of those storyteller guys so i i'm I'm down with this as a speculative ad. I just don't know for sure that you're gonna get anything out of it. But yeah, it was uh it looks like James has a far bigger issue with picking up uh Bill's quarterbacks than I do. So
2: Oh my um, bad, that was James.
0: We'll let yeah, you do your drops right. and then uh, and then we'll get to James so we can hear about this.
2: All right. So I've got two drops this week. The first one is Isaiah Crowell. And Isaiah Crowell is eighty three percent owned. I think that's too high. <laughs> um <laughs> He has not been very good for fantasy. He's got a horrific offensive line, a horrific offense in general. He's not getting high volume. I just don't see any situation in in which you're starting Isaiah Crowell. He's just not getting it done. So I think that you can clear that roster spot and, and go grab a higher upside player. My other drop kind of ties into uh, the Rashad Penny pickup and it's Mike Davis. Uh, He was the clear number two behind Chris Carson and he had two games this season where Chris Carson was out and Mike Davis got I mean I'm exaggerating but 100% of the the backfield work. I mean he was 20 plus touches and really good fantasy days and then that that's not the case anymore. I mean if Rashad Penny if Chris Carson goes down and it turns into the the split, the workload split that it was this last week, Mike Davis got the short end of the stick there and yeah, so I mean, with Chris Carson coming back, coming back, especially, it's not worth holding on to Mike Davis anymore. So those are my only two drops this week.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't I, I don't like either of these drops to be honest. I, especially like Crowell, I don't understand. He's running back twenty in a PPR format. <clears throat> How can you just drop Gross. him? Especially, there's no below Powell anymore to compete with carries. I mean, he's really competing against there's Elijah guys McGuire. like. <clears throat> yeah, there's Elijah McGuire, who I mean, look at Isaiah Crowell. This last game, the Jets were terrible offensively, probably one of their worst, if not their worst offensive game of the year, he still found the end zone. He still was fantasy relevant. So I I don't know, man. I, 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 there's no way I'm dropping Isaiah Crowell. There's I don't think there's anything better on the waiver wire for me to drop Isaiah Crowell for. Um, and I think that there's value there. I think I could deal him and get something for him because he's been, I mean, he's startable, especially with some of the bye weeks still to come, um, you know, there's some some teams that still have their bye weeks coming up here. I think Isaiah Crowell is definitely startable for those teams.
2: Um, Mike Davis is interesting. So, real quick, I'm yep. sorry. Mm-hmm. You would, would you drop him for Rashad Penny? No. I would. I'm not going to drop
1: him for a running back that, at best, is in a timeshare. At best. Okay, well— We don't even know so,
2: what his role is going to be when Carson comes back. That's fair. That's fair. But Isaiah Crowell, the last five weeks, 7.26— Four point eight seven and eleven point seven fantasy points. That's gross. That's PPR points.
0: Mm-hmm. The one thing that's I'll... not
2: startable. That's not a startable player. He's got a thirty-point game, a nineteen-point game, and a twenty-two-point game, and everything else is garbage.
0: The one well, thing. Yeah. But... The one thing I'm going to add to this real quick, mm-hmm. though, guys. So bye week this week for Isaiah Crowell. Then he's got New England, Tennessee. Uh, Buffalo again, which I don't, I don't necessarily buy what just happened. But and then after that, Houston and Green Bay, that's a lot of negative game script for the running game against the Jets. I I don't know about just dropping him outright. I'd probably shop him first. But uh, I I think that this is a I, I'm actually a little bit on board with this one. Believe it or not, I I get where James is coming from. But I I mean sometimes. Sometimes it actually is a good strategy to drop these guys and let somebody else pick them up and and let them be their problem.
2: Yeah, let, yeah. Let, I, let somebody else get four point eight or six PPR points against you.
1: Okay, I, I'm just not. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> drop them. But that's that's just me. I would hold on to them. <laughs> but I guess we'll see how this one plays out. Uh, the Mike Davis one's interesting because obviously, if you're buying Richard Penny. You're, you're cutting Mike Davis, um, and I get that if you think he's the third running back there. I, I still don't. Um, I, I, I'm not ready to do that until I see it, but I totally understand being proactive if you think that Rashad Penny is going to be the primary backup, but I think Mike Davis has been really good in that role as a change of pace back to Chris Carson uh, without Penny there. So um, until I see it, I, I'm not going to cut Mike mike davis either um so i kind of see what his role is going to be uh on
2: thursday night when all three of them are expected back that's fair enough i just i I mean you know you know me it's not a surprise to me that the that their first round running back this year uh would would climb his way to number two on the depth chart and make mike davis irrelevant but i mean it's not Mm -hmm. it hasn't happened yet you're right so he had a good game but mike davis was still involved
0: Nice. Let's hear from James on some uh, ads and drops. Yeah, I'm going
1: to start with K1 Uh K1 is an ad for me. I know that Miami has a bye week coming up, but Kenyon Drake uh, last week really was limited all week um, in practice with a shoulder injury. He ended up leaving the game with a shoulder injury this last week against Green Bay and um, didn't return. He was being out ten to four by Frank Gore at that point in time. Um, I I think that has a lot to do. With the fact that uh, Miami probably knew that he wasn't 100% coming into this one, I don't know how that injury plays out. I don't know if they decide to hold him out a little bit, but I really feel like if the Miami Dolphins are heading into this bye week and they actually want to move the ball, they're going to have to do so through the air. Um, They got some tough matchups coming up, including uh, when they come back from their bye, they play the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they're going to have to score some points. They're going to have to put the ball in the air, and I think Camel Bodge is the best pass catching back out of the three. Um, I think he starts seeing an uptick in carries. This is the week that normally, um, and it stinks that they had kind of a late bye week for, for that, but normally when you want to really get your rookies involved, you do that during the bye week. You let them kind of, you know, you, you have more time to work with them on what they need to do, um, a little bit more attention to detail and that sort of thing. Um, as opposed to you know, trying to to get them ready for the next opponent, I think Kalen Bloch becomes more involved as we uh, as we move along here, and Miami kind of fades away in this division, which I think is starting to happen a little bit here. Um, I think Kalen Bloch gets more involved. So I, I would pick him up as kind of a speculative ad um, this week. Uh, my next pickup is going to be Josh Reynolds. And, you know, this is more reactionary to the Cooper cup injury. Um, Cooper cup goes down towards ACL. He's out for the season. Um, Obviously Robert Woods, you know, gets a big bump, but he's, he's owned, you know, he's owned everywhere. So is uh, Brandon cooks. So the guy that really, you kind of see stepping up into that wide receiver three role is probably Josh Reynolds. And that's the guy that I would grab Um, hoping that he sees an uptick in usage. He should see a a huge increase in snap count. And I think the, uh, you know, and, Pick them up now because next, next this next week on Monday night the L, the the LA Rams end up playing the Kansas City Chiefs. The over under is like sixty four in that game too. It's insanely high. Lots of points should be scored. <clears throat> I don't know that Josh Reynolds does a whole lot, but, man, that ball should be should be flying around that stadium. Um, there that very well could be a lot of points, so I think Josh Reynolds um, could have a decent game right away here. Uh, the next pickup for me is going to be Michael Roberts, and this is a little bit uh, as reactionary as well. Marvin Jones uh, was hurt a little bit. I don't know the extent of his injury yet. But, um, you know, when you look at that receiving core, if Marvin Jones is down. You have Kenny Galladay, T.J. Jones, and there's not much else. Um, and T.J. Jones hasn't really uh, even proven this year that he's going to be a valuable pass-catching option. Um, I think this, this all equals an uptick for Michael Roberts. It has to because he's probably the next in line to kind of see that. So um, I think I would pick him up in a tight end position that uh, starting to show a little bit more strength than it has in the past. But it's still kind of a, you know, you have bye weeks coming up and, you know, it's a bye week filler type guy. I, I would pick up Michael Roberts and just kind of see what he does over these next couple weeks and see if he's going to be rosterable. But um, you might hit gold because if, if you know, he um, if he gets an uptick in targets, that offense likes to throw the ball. I know on Johnson's had a couple rushing touchdowns, but they were from in close. They really moved the ball against the Bears when they did move the ball later in the game. Through the air, um, I think Michael Roberts is going to be a main beneficiary if Marvin Jones misses time. So um, those are the guys I would add. Uh, what do you guys think? Is there anything there that I'm uh, I'm totally off on?
0: Nah. Nah, I, I like all those. I was going to have Josh Reynolds as the next week this week, but I think you probably do have to prioritize him now. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I like those.
1: Okay, fair enough. Um, going to my drops, I'm I'm dropping any Buffalo quarterback not named Josh Allen, and this is kind of what Travis was talking about. Um, it's it's not that I don't buy Matt Barkley; it's that with the bye week coming up, Nathan Peterman has already been cut. That's normally a sign that uh, that your quarterback's coming back. Um, so I, I I think all signs are pointing that Josh Allen will be back this this next week after their bye. Um, I'm buying Josh Allen, and not to mention the fact that. Look, we've seen this happen a lot of times, where a quarterback will come into a spot, especially a journeyman quarterback, will come into a spot, he'll look okay, and then all of a sudden, the next game, the team has tape on him, and they go, "Oh yeah, we know what you what you want to do now." <laughs> now that we we have tape to study, and they shut him down. And I I just Buffalo is not very good. Zay Jones got eleven targets last week. Um, really, there was nobody else that was targeted very heavily on that team. So basically the writing's on the wall. Just take away Zay Jones, you know, and and I don't know that this team's going to compete. Well, Sean McCoy had the best game of his his season. Um, I don't know that that's, that's something that um, I would I would see going forward. I mean, that that really helped Matt Barkley out too. So, I, you know, I, I totally understand that in a super flex if Matt Barkley is starting, he's, he's probably rosterable, but um, I don't know that he's going to be usable. So I, I don't know that I would have him on my roster. Um Moving forward either way. So I would drop all quarterbacks not named Josh Allen uh, in Buffalo. Um, And I'm dropping Jordan Reed, guys. And look, he didn't have a terrible game this last game. I mean, he he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. But look, that that Washington, I mean, Washington scored 16 points against Tampa Bay. Jordan Reed was targeted six times. He made four grabs for 51 yards. uh, And that was his best game in the past four weeks. I I, how can you roster Josh or Jordan Reed at this point of the season I mean that was such a positive game script against a team that you know like like the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know with a terrible defense I mean I I just don't see I I don't see it getting any better Alex Smith has been terrible there um they've really relied on the running game uh you know even passing to some of the running backs uh Vernon Davis has been a guy that he really likes to use I just I can't I can't see myself relying on Jordan Reed, even if my starting tight end goes down. I'd rather stream the position than just use Jordan Reed exclusively. So that's that's a guy that I'm I'm probably dropping um, for somebody else. So, all right, guys, let me hear it. I know I know Travis has a beef with the Buffalo one. So uh, what about the Jordan Reed one? Am I way off
2: base on these guys? No, man. I actually I almost put Jordan Reed down for for a drop this week. So I'm going oh, wow okay with that one
0: yeah he's been he's been pretty terrible. Um, yeah he's healthy, <laughs> which yeah which it's was, crazy. That, that's not what we expected that's not how we expected this to go. We yeah. thought mm-hmm. he was gonna suck because he just wouldn't be healthy, but all right, let me give you my ads and drops and uh, so we can get to the rest of these guys. I'm gonna fire through these a little bit. i'm so first of all, I'm adding r g three and I know it's really gross and it's speculative it's really speculative so joe flacco is injured uh with a shoulder injury i believe and uh it's 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 looking like he's probably going to play it's not a slam dunk that uh that he plays just yet and uh i mean in the meantime rg3 is actually listed as the backup quarterback um on the depth chart i know that lamar jackson has been actually active and actually on the field um, but that's more for the you know the gimmick plays and the the running that that he gives you but rg3 i think is probably the guy that they would at least at first prefer to go with if joe flacco does miss time they have a nice matchup with cincinnati beyond that oakland atlanta kansas city tampa bay and the chargers i mean almost a perfect fantasy schedule for the rest of the season uh, starting in week 11. So, you know, as it, if Joe Flacco misses any time, the quarterback, whoever it is, is going to be extremely valuable in a Superflex league. Um, I think RG3, believe it or not, would actually be startable with the schedule that he would have. But again, Joe Flacco would have to miss some time. And, uh, it, I mean, we still have to monitor the situation because it could turn into the lamar jackson era a little early uh, but i don't think that they necessarily want to do that but anyways so uh running back josh adams he's 13 percent owned in yahoo and he, i i mean it's it's this simple he's the best running back on the philadelphia eagles roster right now and they've they, doug peterson recognizes that he's about to get way more way more work way more carries and uh he's going to force Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement off of the field. Uh, th- to me this is exa- you know what I mentioned earlier with what um Rashad Penny could be. I think Josh Adams is that. I think he's that late season breakout who's going to who can help lead you to fantasy championships. And then wide receiver Anthony Miller 14% owned um just getting a ton of targets right now in uh, that Matt Nagy offense where Mitchell Trubisky is absolutely on fire. And uh, he's he's kind of become, he, he's the clear number two behind Allen Robinson. And when Robinson gets shut down by the tougher coverage, they have absolutely no problem turning to Anthony Miller. And now I'm dropping Leviant Bell. Ninety two percent owned, so that's not terrible, but it's time to give up the dream. He's not coming back this season. He's just not gonna play this season. That's that's just all there is to it. He missed his deadline to be eligible to play. So it's safe to drop him now in redraft leagues. By the way, I'm buying him in Dynasty though.
1: Nice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with all those too.
0: Nice. Well let's get to some buys and sells. These are players owned in 60% of Yahoo League, so it's possible that some of them are going to be on the, the waiver wires 60% or more in Yahoo League. So it's possible that they're on the waiver wires if they are prioritizing them, but more than likely you're going to have to trade if you want these guys. And then some players that you can trade away uh, in order to get them And Let's start with James.
1: Okay, so um, my buys, I, first off, I'm buying Larry Fitzgerald. with the Arizona Cardinals' schedule coming up is so nice. Larry Fitzgerald's going to face some soft matchups. Um, Arizona isn't good enough to where the game script is ever going to be totally out of hand, to where they're not going to throw the ball, I don't think. So Larry Fitzgerald's a guy I really like, um, and and especially now that Byron Wattowicz has taken over the play calling, he really is emphasizing uh, getting the ball in David Johnson's hands and getting the ball in Larry Fitzgerald's hands. I mean, the the his playmakers, that's kind of where where he's going with this. Um, so I, I really like Larry Fitzgerald moving forward, I think, the rest of this fantasy season. He's a guy that I'm looking to buy because you can buy him pretty cheap right now. And this is a guy that I'd be looking to add because I think in the playoffs, with his matchups, you're going to get some, some really solid performances out of him. So um, that's a guy I'd look to add. Uh, the second guy I'm looking at is a guy who might not be owned. He might've been dropped because he was hurt for a while. And that is Rashad Higgins. And look, Rashad Higgins didn't do a whole lot this last week. He had one grab. It happened to be a 28 yard touchdown catch. The uh, reception though, from uh, Johnny Manziel. And look, every time you throw the ball near Rashad Higgins, Good things happen, and I think Cleveland's starting to see that, that Rashad Higgins is starting to be that, running, that receiver that they thought he could be coming into the year. Um, there's not a lot of receiver depth ahead of him. Um, he's, he's, you know, I, I would say he's probably the number three, if not, he may end up being the number two, you know, I mean, Callaway has kind of held that role down, but Rashad Higgins opened the season as a number two wide receiver before he got hurt. Um, you know, it seemed like him and, uh, Callaway were going to be battling for that two, three spot, but they, you know, just depended on who was going to be in the slot more times than not, because they normally had three receivers out there. So, uh, Rashad Higgins is a guy who he's also good at, uh, blocking for the run. So I think he's going to really, um, really kind of help uh what's going to help him get on the field is stuff like that so i think rashad higgins is a guy who i'm looking for some some bigger things out of he's going to cost you next to nothing even if he isn't on the waiver wire he's probably on someone's bench you could probably get him for very cheap so um, those are two guys i'm looking to buy because i like their prices and i think they can help you um come the end of the year here my cells, Johnny kind of hit on it. Joe Flacco is a sell for me. And look, Joe Flacco started the year really, really good. Uh, but this injury is opening the door for guys like RG3, for Lamar Jackson, um, for other guys that can, you know, we've seen perform at decent levels. Um, now these guys are going to get a chance to run that offense. If one of them excels, man, I don't think there's a guarantee Joe Flacco gets – gets his job back. Look, we've been hearing a lot that hardball is on the hot seat. Like they're not happy with, uh, with what's been happening in Baltimore lately. And who could be, I mean, you know, they, the last couple of years, they haven't been very good this year. They're expected to be a playoff team there in Baltimore and they' they're just not um, playing that way. So if RG three does really well, or, you know, uh, if, if Lamar Jackson gets an opportunity in this game and he does really well, I don't think there's a guarantee Joe Flacco gets, gets, uh, gets that job back. So I think your window for selling him might be pretty narrow. Um either that or you're going to be rooting against RG3 or and uh, Lamar Jackson for doing very well uh for Baltimore this week. So that's uh one. The other one for me, John, you got to have my back here. Eric Ebron, right? I mean, aren't you selling him high at this point? The guy's got like what? 10 touchdowns on the year. He had one <laughs> rushing there is no way this guy keeps it up. There's no way he breaks the touchdown record for tight ends and gets 18, right? I mean, I, you got to – there's no way. i I got to feel like his value right now is sky high in redraft. i got to think that regression is coming. I know that I've been saying this for a little bit now, but I, I just don't see the volume still being there week in and week out for Eric Ebron. It's a guy that I'm selling. I think you could get a pretty, pretty penny for him at this point. So I'm selling him, just based on the fact that I think I, if I sell him to the right team who needs a tight end and you know, I'm really spinning this and you know, you're getting a tight end that, you know, is on pace to break the touchdown record for tight ends in a season. Um, if I'm spinning it that way and someone's overpaying, I I'm, I'm definitely selling. So uh, those are my buy sells, John. What do you think?
0: Yeah. The Eric Ebron thing. I mean, I, I guess we also have to sell Tyler Lockett for the exact same reason. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of chasing this, those touchdowns forever, but they mm-hmm. just keep coming. It, it does make it tough. Joe Flacco, like I said, man, this is pretty much the perfect fantasy schedule for the rest of the season. For him, it's just a matter of getting healthy. But, man, it doesn't get much better when your toughest opponent is uh, – your toughest defense left on the schedule is the Oakland Raiders.
1: Yeah, yeah. What about you, Travis? What do you think about selling Eric Ebron? Oh, James, I like it. I actually think that's a really good call. I would sell Eric E. Brown right now. Matter of fact, I'm going to go into my league right now try to sell him. Oh, all right, Travis, Well, I'm glad that you're on board. Finally, it seems like you've seen the light. <laughs> all right, John, what do you got for us?
0: Uh, All right, well, I'm going to run through Travis's real quick for him um, while he's uh, he stepped away. So he's got Amari Cooper and Cortland Sutton as buys. Um, Sutton is the number two wide receiver in Denver and, uh, you know, going forward, I mean, this is a lost season. I don't know why you wouldn't focus on the, uh, the young wide receivers, the young playmakers and see what you've got. So, uh, especially when, when Emmanuel Sanders is about to walk away as a free agent in the off season. Um, and then Amari Cooper has been completely immersed into that offense. So I like both of those. As bias he's selling Adrian Peterson, you know as the as the season wears on uh first of all the you know the offensive line is banged up the rest of the offense is banged up and just not very credible in the passing game. Adrian Peterson is really all they have left, and uh makes it way too easy to stack the box against him, so I'm good with that one, and then he's selling Corey Davis, and I have no idea why. Yeah, we might have to ask him about that when he gets back. But so to get to mine, I'm gonna buy Corey Davis. This the schedule lightens up significantly for the Tennessee Titans going forward from what they dealt with Mm -hmm. to start the season. It 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 definitely it still is a little tough for wide receivers, at least in theory. You know, with uh, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, the the New York Giants, uh, the Houston Texans, they all. They're all decent. They're all above average against fantasy wide receivers, but I mean beyond beyond Jalen Ramsey, I mean there aren't really any shutdown corners in that group to worry about. I, I maybe Kareem Jackson with Houston. I I don't. I'm not worried about you know the the secondary. It's not like you're you're going up against Tredavious White anymore. You know, it, so i uh i'm not worried about that at all and i think that the titans the arrow is pointing up i think this offense is about to turn around and we just saw it the last two weeks 28 points and 34 points respectively in the last two weeks against you know really pretty good defenses so i love i love the entire titans offense going forward i love marcus mariota i love Corey davis um, and I would go buy those guys. And then to stay with the Titans, Deion Lewis. He got twice as many carries as Derrick Henry against the, the Patriots. It just so happened that Derrick Henry got the two touchdowns. So if the Deion Lewis owner in your league is starting to panic, now would be a great time to, to buy Deion Lewis. He's extremely he, – he's he's being used in that offense – um, to a, to a very high level, you know, where he, he, he got 22, 22 touches, uh, between, um, his carries and his receptions against the Patriots, so, yeah, he's, he's just so hyper-involved in that offense, um, and, uh, the point the fantasy points are gonna come, the scores are gonna come, and if nothing else, especially in a PPR format, he's gonna continue to get targets and catches. And then James Conner, I mean, this is a really Ooh. this is a really hard buy right now because James Conner is probably valued as a top five fantasy running back. But you can make an argument for James Conner as one of the top two backs in all of fantasy. So I think, oh, and man, then, man are you kidding me
1: is this brian <laughs> harr is this john john hoge
0: what, what can i say those those guys uh those guys have me pretty uh pretty convinced um yeah i mean i i heard from between brian and addison hayes i've i've heard a lot about james connor in the last couple of weeks and maybe they're they're starting to brainwash me a little bit, but I mean, part of this is predicated on the idea that the James Conner owner. This is something that I've seen. I've I've actually gotten questions in my DMs about, you know, should I be selling James Conner before Le'Veon Bell comes back? Well, you know, like I said in the ads and drops, Le'Veon Bell's not coming back. This is this it he he is no longer eligible to play in 2018 he's it, there's no help coming the only issue for james connor was he's in the concussion protocol you know you you do have to worry a little bit about injury and uh i'll get to a, a you know a safeguard for that here in a little bit but uh, otherwise james connor has that role locked down and it's a role that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't want to be a committee and now there's no chance of Le'Veon Bell coming in and and vulturing work from him yeah that James Conner is you know just one of those league winner type of guys and then uh, I'm selling Derrick Henry like I said I mean you might be able to actually sell him rather than drop him just based on the fact that he just got two touchdowns and put up you know twenty plus fantasy points for you, so but I mean he's he's just not nearly as involved as Deion Lewis, and it's because he's not as dynamic as Dion Lewis, so yeah, sell high on those two touchdowns, and I'm selling Ryan Fitzpatrick partly because of Dirk Cutter's play calling, partly because I'm not convinced that Ryan Fitzpatrick holds on to this job much longer, and it's not his fault, it's not that he's playing poorly. On the contrary, in fact, but in a lost season, they need to figure out what they've got with Jameis Winston, and they need to decide if Jameis Winston is going to be you know, a part of this team going forward. They have an out in his contract uh, after 2018 going into 2019, and they need to decide if they're going to pick up the option or not.
1: Well, John, real quick, I'm just going to ask you a quick question on this, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but is there a chance that Tampa Bay already knows what they have in Jameis Winston and know that this isn't something that is a long-term solution moving forward, so maybe Fitzpatrick does get get the benefit of the doubt this year?
0: Yeah, it's absolutely possible. I guess my... My theory on it is that they also know what they've got with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they know for a fact that that's not the long term answer. I mean, I believe Ryan Fitzpatrick is like thirty six, thirty seven years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, I you know, if you know that he's not coming back, then there's not a whole a whole lot left to watch for with him, you know. So it, yeah, it's it's a I guess it's a little bit of a bigger statement on the contract situation for ryan fitzpatrick and the idea that he's not your your long-term answer at quarterback so now the question is is it Jameis winston or is it somebody else and you might be right they might have their decision already made up but i mean there's there's no reason not to give it due diligence from here and and make sure that Jameis winston is not the guy that we want to move on and we want to you know, look for a new, uh, a new. you know, whether it's a rookie quarterback or, you know, maybe you check on the availability of either Nick Mullins or Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, that could be a possibility. But I think you have to know for sure with Jameis Winston first. And I think that you do know for sure that it's not Ryan Fitzpatrick.
1: Fair enough, sure.
0: So let's get to next week, this week. And these are guys who, right now, you can pick them up for virtually nothing. And, uh, but this time next week, they're going to be high waiver priorities, and you're going to have to spend a lot more to get them. So pick them up now and stash them for a week and save yourself a ton in uh, your free agent acquisition budget. And we will start with you, James. And then uh, after you do yours, if you would also read Travis's for us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my first, my first guy is a guy who I never thought I'd be saying even on the next week, this week to buy, but it's James O'Shaughnessy. And the reason why I'm, I'm going to champion James O'Shaughnessy a little bit is because he was actually used and he was used well, uh, by Jacksonville this past week. Um, they played the Colts. They ended up losing 29-26. But O'Shaughnessy saw six targets. He converted on five of them for 46 yards. So he was used a little bit in the passing game. And I feel like Blake Bortles, when he was at his best last year, was targeting Austin Safarian Jenkins when he was there. He was doing a really good job of, of getting the ball to the tight end position. Um, and I think he kind of rediscovered that with James O'Shaughnessy a little bit. So this is a guy who I, I would look as a speculative ad. Jacksonville's uh, upcoming schedule is looking pretty decent. I mean, they played Pittsburgh next. Week Um, That could be, you know, I know Jacksonville's defense, you know, can't can play well, but lately they haven't. And they could have to score a bunch of points, which means a lot more passing for Bortles means a lot more, you know, targets dump offs to the tight end. So I kind of like James O'Shaughnessy a little bit here. This is a guy who I would pick up. And if you need a guy to fill in um, for some waiver wire uh, or uh, for some bye week uh, help, this is a guy who I would add or even a guy who I would add speculatively to try to um, to get something out of at that tight end position. Um, so I would say go get him. He is owned in like no, no leagues pretty much. So he can be had for next to nothing. So that's that's huge too. Um, my second uh, next week, this week, is going to be a, a wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. And I know the Raiders are not, um, are not a hot team. It's not a team that you're going to be picking up a lot of guys from and saying, okay, I expect big things out of them because the Raiders offense hasn't played well. But Brandon LaFell, uh, this guy was the most targeted wide receiver in the game this past game. Six targets. Um, he turned that into four receptions for 47 yards. Look, Jordy Nelson uh is is I I mean the word I, I'm hearing some talk about possible retirement for Jordy. So there, there's some stuff going on there. I don't think Jordy Nelson is uh is going to uh uh to, to be, you know, to um, you know, they're, they're gonna have to fill his shoes one way or another. Um, So I definitely feel like Brandon LaFell is a guy who's – you know, been in the league, he fits that mold of what you're pretty much looking for if you're John Gruden. He's older, um, he's been around the block a little bit. And he's done, you know, he's done this uh, a few times, Um, and you know, it's definitely interesting um, with Jordy Nelson. He had that quad injury, um, so he left the game. Um, he ended up coming back in the game, but he didn't register a catch. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on with him, but that's something to monitor. And because of some of that, some of that uh, unclarity, I'm going to pick up a, a Raider wide receiver. It looks like the guy. It's going to benefit most if Jordy is out or if Jordy you know, leaves the team, it's going to be Brandon LaFell. So that's a guy who I think can be had on the waiver wire that I can add uh, as kind of a speculative ad that I would do this week uh, to kind of see what happens uh, there for Oakland. So let's let's go ahead and move on to Travis's uh, ad, uh, his uh, next week, this week's Travis has Ryan Tannenhill as his Next week this week. And I, I love it, you know, because Miami has been has been rolling with Brock Osweiler. And Brock Osweiler's looked okay. I mean, he's had the deck kind of stacked against him a little bit. A lot of the playmakers that Ryan Tannehill had or that Brock Osweiler had when he first started have been hurt. Um, so you know, he doesn't have a whole lot there. But I mean, 14 points against the Packers defense, that's not gonna cut it. Um, you know, if if Miami doesn't perform this week, and Tannehill's kind of been, you know, the word has been that he's been injured, but it seems like Miami really wants to go with Brock Osweiler. Um, Over these last few games, uh, week 11 is a bye week. So, you know, it's going to be hard to spin. Ryan Tannehill is still hurt come week 12. Um, as strange as uh, Adam Gase says that injury is, um, that's going to be a tough, tough sell. Um, and if Ryan Tannehill is back and Ryan Tannehill does play. He has the Colts next week, and that defense isn't a great defense, not a good passing defense. So um, Ryan Tannehill right now owned in 3% of Yahoo leagues. This is a guy that you can add as a speculative ad. If he does come back and he does get that job back, You know he could put up some really solid numbers as a, a QB2 starting next week so or starting um, after the bye week in Week 11. So um, definitely a nice speculative ad there by Travis. I don't disagree with that at all. What do you think, John?
0: yeah i'm good with all those um brandon lafell is by far the most interesting to me although ryan Tannehill definitely is at the premium position in a super flex um but brandon lafell just just the way that oakland raiders offense is going to look from now on for the rest of this season um when they're absolutely not trying to win games Uh, brandon lafell is is definitely kind of the volume guy which is really all you can look for in a ppr league so uh here's i've got three guys for you and uh starts with steven ridley uh, you know without Le'Veon bell coming back he 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 he's clearly the the handcuff to james connor and like i said earlier james connor's in the concussion protocol so you know once once connor went out uh steven ridley got most of the work jalen samuels did come in a little bit um caught the touchdown pass but I, I think that Steven Ridley would be the workhorse if James Conner were to miss any time for the concussion or anything else. Zay Jones, only 2% owned. Now, this is probably more of a high priority this week, but the Bills go on by this week, so he might still be a low waiver priority for most um, since he won't be usable in uh, Week 11 while he's on a buy. Uh, but he did lead the team in targets. If this ends up being a, a long-term or at least more of a long-term Matt Barkley situation, he's clearly looking for Zay Jones quite a bit. And I I think that as far as the wide receivers go, I mean, I think that there are some decent tight ends there. But as far as the wide receivers go, I mean, even if it's Josh Allen, all he's really got to look for here is Zay Jones. And I think that, that it's kind of starting to come together for zay jones so definitely a, a speculative add for me and then the final one is deshaun hamilton expected to return from the knee injury um the last time he played demarius thomas was still uh splitting time with uh with Cortland sutton and they were when they ran three wide receiver sets all three emmanuel sanders sutton and thomas were all on the field And now there's an opportunity here for Deshaun Deshaun Hamilton to actually get some reps and get on the field, number one. And then number two, I mean, like I said earlier with Cortland Sutton, I think that Emmanuel Sanders is on his way out in the offseason. I think this is a lost season at this point for the Denver Broncos. And I think now is the time to start getting reps to these younger guys. And I think Deshaun Hamilton is a likely starter for them, probably in the slot next year. And uh, I love
1: that Deshaun Hamilton call, man. Love yeah,
0: it. Yeah. I, I, in Dynasty, absolutely you want to add him and uh, get ready. But I think even in a redraft league, we might start seeing a lot more reps and a lot more targets for Deshaun Hamilton now that he's back from the injury.
1: Nice. I love it, man.
0: Nice. All right, well, let's wrap it up right there for the week. And as we do, we're going to ask you for the same quick favor to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And if you have subscribed, give us a rating and review, particularly on iTunes. But those ratings and reviews just help us to expand our reach, uh, get out to more people and uh, and a larger audience so that we can really dial in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener, and uh, adjust accordingly. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts MegaFeed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Superflex Super Show. And you can send us your trades on Twitter, at Super Flex Show. We can retweet them, help you get more comments and votes, and even bring them here on the podcast from time to time. And uh, make sure you're following the show, at Super Flex Show. You can also follow Travis, he's at TravisNFL, James is at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until Friday, stay sexy and super flexy.
2: Bye. (laughs)